Hi. You are listening to Sexploration with Monica. And today we are going to single-handedly. <laughs> no, it takes all of us. It takes every one of us, in fact, to keep San Francisco sexy. Keep it freaky. Keep it alive. And we have Marie Cartier. Hey. Hi. Hi. So glad to have you on Sexploration with Monica. So glad to be here. And we're going to talk about theater, which is really my first love. Oh, isn't it? For all yeah, of us. Exactly. And so it's really excited. You've got some shows coming up in Dolores Park. And my token straight guy today is Paul Brumbaugh. Thanks for being here, Paul. Thank you for having me, ladies. I appreciate you. This is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is sexploration. Explore. Play. This is sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. You're listening to Sexploration with Monica. And today, exciting local live theater, not only in Dolores Park, but all over the Bay Area with Marie Cartier. Thanks so much for coming on Sexploration with Monica. Thanks, Monica, for having me. Happy to be here. My pleasure. So tell us more about the shows coming up. I hear not only Dolores Park, but lots of other parks around the Bay Area. Like where? Well, this weekend, um, the 22nd and 23rd, we're going to be in Live Oak Park in Berkeley. We're also going to swing back to Berkeley later in the season, be at Willard Park in South Berkeley. We're going to be in Richmond. We're going to be in Santa Cruz cruise and all over the city so we'll be in Yerba Buena on the 29th we'll be in Glen Park Golden oh, Gate Park. Park yeah oh. which is a beautiful beautiful place to do the show yeah. also easy to pull the truck up right to where we have to unload so that's <laughs> always really nice awesome. yeah. Um, and yeah all over the Bay Area um, Cotati as well so yeah coming to a park near you very Sweet. soon so you guys are not silent mimes because I did have a lot of people being like how are you gonna have a mime on the show yep that is the first <laughs> of our branding we the company started in 1959 and we have been asked that question for 60 plus years yay I mean that's the thing you're speaking out about social justice yeah so we draw derive the meaning of mime from an older meaning which means exaggeration of daily life in song ah. and dance so we actually our style is based in like street theater styles like Commedia dell'arte oh which is all about speaking truth to power making fun of the elites Ooh, you're rising up the, <laughs> rising up the common person so that is what we mean when we mean mime we do musicals we've done radio plays so we're definitely never silent oh yay that makes me so happy and tell me more about like what's going on in the 
like kind of deconstruct the narrative that you're telling the story yes so the show this year is called breakdown every year we try to take uh topics that are really uh relevant to the media facing time. us now yeah, yeah facing us now for a long time we've wanted to do we've addressed homelessness in a number of our shows because it is such a prevalent issue yeah, in san francisco so um but, but this all year, over the bay area yeah and in every major city in america yeah. and even Portland. in rural areas Yes, everywhere yeah um so this year we wanted to specifically take a mental health angle because we feel like in this post-pandemic world it's just we've really seen such an uptick in people struggling with their mental health mm. so the idea behind this show was to look at mental health from a number of different levels we have basically three main women characters we have a woman who's experiencing homelessness who's experiencing very severe mental health symptoms then we have uh, her social worker who's also just just kind of our every woman character who the audience can relate to who's still just struggling to get up day to day and do her job and like many of us are struggling with these days mm. and then at the third level we have a fox news anchor woman who's kind of we see oh, as responsible. and this character is a woman yes she's a black woman oh um and so we see her as kind of in that role of gaslighting the whole country and ah. how so much misinformation and twisting of the truth really well, contributes to our kind of Fox yeah. News's jam. Yeah, right our now. collective mental health struggles. Yeah. And how that ties into just, you know, our existential things we're all facing. Well, climate and they change really, and all that. Yeah. Fox News comes after like trans rights all the time and yeah. so hard with so much things that are not true yeah. about trans issues yeah there's a lot of just punching down and just hysteria around trying to make the most vulnerable categories of people even more vulnerable it's really yeah. pretty despicable and yeah. in our show she comes after san francisco and the tenderloin right so can you say a little bit more about the history of the tenderloin that you intend to like elucidate yeah i think we're trying to show a different side of the tenderloin that has been shown in most of our media like lately it's always the you know visible drug use and a very like grinding poverty that you see but we wanted to show it also as a neighborhood and as a community mm -hmm. and also as a place with a radical history yeah um one of the most diverse neighborhoods in the city um one of the only affordable places left in the city and how there is barely still, affordable yeah, yeah yeah not even necessarily for everyone but yeah. how there's still a lot of community there and how we need to um defend it and yeah. preserve it totally and there's so much tasty food there and it's i mean it's right on the tender knob you know what yeah I mean? there's so lots of performing so, arts exactly yeah and there's so many good things still happening in the city yes. and i think a lot of people move to Oakland and away from San Francisco. And I think, you know, in some ways there's an opportunity to rebuild, you know, some of the juicy culture and diversity, you know, that's still left in San Francisco. But I just wonder, you know, what the next phase of San Francisco will be. And it's so great that you guys are doing some theater here. Yes. Well, we've been trying to hold it down for a long time and keep that like radical spirit alive and mm -hmm. that spirit of um, trying to queer inclusion. Yeah. Yes. Queer inclusion is a big part of the show and a big part of the, you know, 
reason Fox News comes after a place like San Francisco <laughs> is because we have like prominent queer people in legislators and yeah. we have like just actually a very powerful trans legislatures here. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think that's in terms of the next phase of yeah. san francisco um i think a lot of it is about trying to preserve what we have but also pick apart like also hold our government our local government accountable for what it's lacking and what it isn't providing for the most vulnerable people here mm. because they are our neighbors and they are part of the fabric of san francisco yeah the homeless people are people too mm -hmm. yeah so we're gonna play your trailer really quick paul can you cue it up for me please you see me i see you see me but you walk on by i just need a couple bucks it is a show about what San Francisco is going through, what every city is going through. The mental health crisis. Homelessness. Finding our humanity in this moment. My main character is Sadia. She is a social worker. I'm playing Yume, living on the streets and trying to survive as best as she can. But I want to live a life of service and I don't know you to care the madness is uh is a lack of compassion and oh no i might be one of those people who walks past homeless people what is the point of a country if it doesn't care for those who are most in need and i think that compassion can lead to action the show is called breakdown you will laugh you will be deeply affected don't miss it i see you see me look me in the eye Wow. And you do a, a address a lot of issues just in the trailer. Can you say a little bit more about what people are going to see on uh, perhaps in Dolores Park or around the Bay Area? Yeah, I think one thing that we really tried to depict was we're not a company that does super naturalistic style theater, but we did want to show but we do want to show the truth mm. and um we wanted to show like really have an emphasis on this character who's experiencing homelessness because i think so often in plays and tv there's like a homeless character who's kind of like played for laughs or like their mental illness is part of the like is a joke and it's right. on the side but mm -hmm. we wanted to really like follow this character more in depth to show the kind humanity. of humanity yeah the humanity and not and not only how people experiencing homelessness are treated and how they're trying to deal with like these broken systems and all these things, but also how people with longstanding mental illness like have to experience the world and see things from their perspective, which we so often don't think about and don't want to think about. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's just so hard to, I mean, just imagine, I mean, I think that's, the worst thing that we can think of, like, oh, you know, I don't want to be homeless and then being outside and and just thinking about the different kinds of struggles of, you know, not being housed. Um, I mean, for many years, you know, I traveled around because I couldn't afford rent in San Francisco and I was a house sitter. Mm. But, um, you know, for most people, uh, 
you know, it's really hard to make the rent. And then there's that, you know, extreme commuting that we see going mm -hmm. on socially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think that there's so many things that, you know, we can think about like, okay, you know, what do we have? How can we see the abundance in our lives and be grateful and then be able to share it with other people? Mm. So tell me more about um, the different uh, characters. I know that you have. Okay, so tell me more about the every woman character. Is that you? Is that your character? Well, I am a full-time clinical social worker. Um, so the social worker character, her experiences are like informed by my experiences. I wouldn't say she's me. I think I actually have a less toxic work environment than this character does, luckily. Right, right. But I, I think the point of her was, I think so often we have like an emphasis on the social worker character and like, oh, she's so good and like, it's so hard for her. And we do see that part of it, but I think it's more important to, it's much harder for a social worker's clients, right? right. It's much harder to be the client than the Just social, the social worker. worker. And so I think That's she's kind of our point, way... Yeah in to see it like she's a relatable young person she's living with roommates who are kind of don't want to hear about her job don't want to like engage in reality one's a gamer one's an influencer on instagram mm. you know they they're trying to find these other ways to um kind of avoid like the gritty reality that we're all living in mm. and she doesn't have a choice but to see it and engage with it. Mm. Um, so when I, I think that um, kind of juxtaposition of her with her roommates kind of shows where we're all at, mm. where we always have, we have this choice every day to like engage with reality or to like avoid it. And a lot of us do like turn to social media or these various things to kind of numb ourselves and get away and escape. Um, so what does it mean to, to choose not to do that? Right. And you are born and raised in San Francisco. So you have seen, you know, the rise and fall, <laughs> rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and, yeah. rise and fall of a lot of the different, you know, economic issues, the homelessness. I mean, you've seen a lot of it. What What is your experience of the city? Ah, yeah. Well, I grew up in the hate. So mm -hmm. my whole life, I remember seeing like the hate street kid type, like kids hanging out with their dog. They've come from another place and they're, you know, maybe hanging out in the panhandle or on bridge the, and tunnel running. a little bit. Those kids. What? I, maybe not even maybe fleeing some other location. Oh, I think, you know, the hate has always been mm -hmm. a place for people who refugees, feel like they don't, in a way yeah refugees mm -hmm. i think is a better term like people who feel like they don't fit in and they want to get away and they want to come to a place that's accepting and, and then safe. often they mm -hmm. don't find that right like they have a very built-up notion of what san francisco is and it's like very disillusioning and disappointing when they actually come here mm -hmm. that said i i think we have like we are a city that's supposed to welcome outsiders and people who don't fit in um and we are in yeah. a way yeah. welcoming of 
the, all that is freaky deaky so that you can be your authentic self more than anywhere. Yeah, I think socially, but maybe not economically. Oh is my the God, issue. economically. Like, it's so hard here. It's such a crapshoot. <laughs> and, um, and, and whether or not you're thing makes money like as a social worker do you make enough money you know what i mean um no right (laughs) i'm i'm able to live i have a comfortable enough life but yeah considering like how hard i work compared to someone doing some bullshit in an office i don't know um uh you know i don't don't know know. if i'm fairly compensated (laughs) yeah so that was always a thing that was like prominent in in my life if you worked in tech you'd make a lot more money yes yes and then in terms of sort of public health work my my mom is a physician she's retired now but she did her whole career in public health working at laguna honda which is now like under threat of closing down and is often like the last resort for very vulnerable elders and people Mm -hmm. with various disabilities and now we're like at risk of losing that so it's definitely feels like you know since the tech boom and everything people who were marginally kind of hanging on and were living indoors have been pushed out Mm. and you see uh, like it's clear to anyone that there is just a lot of visible drug use on the street there's a lot of just like intense poverty um what i do think though is that a lot of people you know they'll walk through somewhere like eddie street and they'll be like oh my god this is so horrible but if you actually really look around there's a lot of people they're just hanging out they're just hanging out in front of their sro they're just living their life and just because i think we have such a um allergy to poverty in this country you don't really a lot of people don't learn to make a distinction between someone who's like really in distress and struggling and someone who's just a little rough but living their life you know right and i think working as as a social worker and living here my whole life and just i think the culture of san francisco is one where you engage with lots of different people you're open to different perspectives um i'm everybody's in such a transition right marie because this city is kind of like that stepping stone up or down or even just right here we have so many things happening in san francisco it's really hard to stereotype anyone segment of the population that's true yeah and i one of my favorite things to see is someone who's just like stable right (laughs) like just they they've got their room they've got enough to eat they're like doing they're living their life and like they're stable and like that seems like it's it's sad that as a social worker like that's what you hope for is just to have someone who's stable and living their life and they can just go day to day but so many people aren't in that situation like they every day is chaos and stress and and struggle and just trying to find that next meal or that next place to stay that's safe right you're also not you're not a stranger to being in a radio studio no we did a lot of home studio work during the pandemic during the lockdown we um did our own series of radio plays tell me a little bit about tales from the resistance radio yeah tales of the resistance was what we decided to do when it became clear in 2020 and 2021 that we would we're never gonna leave Ah! Yeah, that we were not going to be able to do summer shows. Right. And we just really didn't want to not spend our 
summer commenting on everything that was going on because just to your friends you yeah. wanted to reach yeah, a wider I think, audience i think some people use the mime troop as a touchstone mm. and they like to see our perspective every year and it's helpful for making sense of this crazy world and to leave people without that would have been really sad so um yeah we made a series of radio plays. Uh, the first summer, I wrote the commercials. I made like satirical commercials. We're honestly pretty dark. Well, because you're also <laughs> kind of anti-capitalist. Yes. And yeah, and there was, and you know, in the summer of 2020, there were all those like Black Lives Matter protests after the killing of George Floyd. Yeah. And so we really wanted to address that, mm -hmm. um, but also sort of just touch on. Yeah, the sort of dystopian reality we were living in. Yeah. Um, and then in 2022, we switched it up where we did several one-off shows, and I wrote a half-hour radio play called Hobos in Space. Um, oh, that was Hobos in Space. I thought you were just going to uh, go over that. Yeah. 2022, I'm like, isn't that 2021? She's yeah. not going to discuss Hobos in Space. Yeah, Got so... It. Hobos in Space um, was our working title, but at the end we were like, no, we're just going to call it that. Um, just keep it. Sort of a Star Trek style exploration of my interpretation of the homeless response system in San Francisco. Um, there's sort of this evil computer that's determining who has value and who doesn't and who's allowed to um, be assigned a room on this spaceship. It's sort of a you get the sense it's a post-apocalyptic situation where um, there's a generation ship leaving Earth um, to find new a new colony and found a new colony. And then what happens when people start falling through the cracks in that situation when the stakes are high in a very contained environment? Um, so... That was my that was my response to what I was observing in a lot of the way we address, like how we assign housing and yeah. who we decide to house mm -hmm. um, in the homeless response system in San Francisco. Mm. Now, you're also the founding member of Bow and Arrow Circus Theater Collective, where you write, perform and produce and does a lot of technical direction. Tell me a little bit about Bow and Arrow. Yeah, so Bow and Arrow is a um, company I founded with my sister, Jeannie Cartier, and our friend, our, our good friend, Bethlane Hansen. We started together, I think, in 2017. We were in a show together. I grew up doing uh, circus classes. So did my sister. Beth Lane is an amazing pole dancer and aerialist. Mm, and we were noted like we there's a lot of companies that do what they call circus theater, but it's either not that circusy or not that theatery. And we thought we could really make it, it's sort of uh, what Beth Lane likes to say is we founded the company on accident. We were like, let's just try and do a show and see if we can make like any money doing it. So we and Jeannie's idea was let's do Christmas show because those always sell. And I was like, yeah. oh, Christmas is so overplayed. Let's do well, a winter solstice show. Exactly. So we I did all this. Re I went to the library and did all this research on winter solstice traditions and wrote a script. And that became Saturnalia, nice. which we're remounting this year, which is Ooh, really exciting. Yay. That um, is exciting. Well, because, you know, Christmas can kind of exclude anyone who's non-Christian. And there are so many people that are non-Christian. You know, you've got Kwanzaa, you've got Hanukkah. There's so many yeah. religions. And the cool thing about the winter solstice is it's just like an astronomical event that happens. Yeah. So many for everyone like recognize it in different ways. Yeah. And then I think it was also just 
kind of interesting to go into our own well, heritage pagans, and yeah. pre-Christian mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but then it's also a sexy circus cabaret. Yay! Yeah, sexy yeah. circus. Sitcom vibe. Yay! So, yeah. Um, so the comedy's in there, too. And then since right then, on. we've, like, expanded. Our big show that we've gotten to do is called Dark Side of the Circus, which is a Pink Floyd. Oh, it's kind of Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, it's, it is the album Dark Side of the Moon just oh. plays straight through, but it's a circus Love show. Love it. And you just brought that to Mexico. We did. We had an adventure going down to Mexicali, and we got to perform it in Mexico. We got to be on uh, Mexican morning television, and it was a real adventure. Yeah, it was. You are actually officially an internationally (laughs) touring company. Yes, we are. That is awesome. We are. It doesn't matter that the theater was one block south of the border. We (laughs) went international. (laughs) Well, you were in, what, Tijuana? Uh, Mexicali, Mexicali, which is like, okay, yeah below Calexico. It's oh, okay. Least, but safer, yeah. probably. Um, I don't, we were fine. Um, okay, there was one cop that had to be bribed. One oh, time. well, um, only but, one. Yeah. You really probably saved money there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, thank you so much for coming on Sexploration with Monica. Is there, let's make sure that we tell everyone how they can find you and see the show. And remember, the San Francisco Mind Troupe presents a new musical breakdown. That's right. It's running July 1st through September 4th, and it's in Dolores Park, correct? It will be in Dolores Park on Labor Day, but we'll be in parks all over the Bay Area until then. So how do we keep up with everything SFMT? So you can go to sfmt.org. You can follow us on Instagram, SF Troopers. You can follow us on Facebook, San Francisco Mime Troop. You can also follow Bow and Arrow on Instagram at, at Bow and Arrow Circus. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been so fun to chat with you. And I really love helping people open their minds and experience theater and especially in San Francisco because it's so important to me. You know, I love the city so much. Me too. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Yeah, really. And thanks for letting me come along for the ride. Uh, I, I, I enjoy this every time. Paul Grumbaugh from really the Edge do. of Insanity, edgestudiosonline.com. And thank you so much for listening to Sexploration with Monica. You can subscribe to Sexploration with Monica on iTunes and have new episodes delivered automatically. Or download free podcasts at sexplorationwithmonica.com.